which we launched last week. And last week we talked about how to flourish in life means that we need to overcome the things that tend to overwhelm us, dry us out spiritually. Is my mic cutting out a little bit? A little bit? Okay. They're going to let me know if I need to switch that. You want me to do that right now? Okay. Hello. Whoa. Good morning, everybody. My name is Alex Barrett. I'm the campus pastor here at Church in the Valley. Every time I hold this, I'm, it's a little dangerous. It reminds me of like my eighth grade hip-hop years. Um, no, don't get carried away here. That's, that's all. That's one, one time, right? Maybe twice. Um, welcome. We're really glad that, that you guys are here. I don't know what you heard, so I'm just going to start over. We're continuing a series we call, uh, started last week called Unfazed. And uh, if you look at the program cover of your program, you'll see a picture of a tree, a tree that's flourishing. And even in maybe some of the dry land that's around it, it it's finding its, its strength and water from a, a source. And we're talking about in this series how to flourish in life and how to find our strength from God himself, what that looks like practically. And to do that, we're looking at issues in life that tend to dry us out uh, spiritually. They tend to dry us out emotionally and physically, uh, where it just weighs on us over time that, that we just we, we can feel beaten up from life and we can feel distracted. And, and so we're, we're talking about these issues on how to experience the flourishing, not in like this utopian life, because we know that that doesn't exist, but in the real things that, that we face. And so last week we talked about uh, the, the kind of issue of being distracted. And we looked at how being distracted can cause us to waver and cause us to focus on all the wrong things and what we need to do in the middle of being distracted. And this week, we're talking about uh, being intimidated. That is, having things that you face or you experience in life that fills you with fear. And it's really interesting because a few weeks ago, uh, these messages were all planned. And intimidation was going to be today, the second week. And last Sunday night, uh, there was another mass shooting and many people were, were killed in Las Vegas. And it's interesting because this, this message was planned before that event happened but this is the kind of thing that happens in our world that, that overwhelms us with uh, lots of questions. Uh, questions of where is God in the middle of this? What are we supposed to do? Uh, what, what is our response as Christians? If you're investigating Christianity, you may be trying to figure out how does this happen with a, with a God that, that exists. And more than that, just what do people do when they face the threats around us? And so that's actually what we're going to be talking about today in light of the events that we just experienced in, in you know, proximity, and some of you may have known people that were impacted by that evil tragedy. Um, so first and foremost, I, I just want to pray uh, for all those people uh, that were impacted in the families. And then we're going to dig in and look at well, what, what do we do when we're faced with these types of things that can overwhelm us uh, with, with fear. So let's pray. God, we do lift up all the people impacted and the families affected by the, the shooting last Sunday. And I pray, uh, God, you promised to draw near to us and you promised to bring comfort. And so I, I ask God that your comfort will be real to all those impacted. I pray for the families that have lost loved ones, just the, the deep pit uh, just of 
sadness they have in their in their heart. I pray, God, in the middle of that, that they will know that you are there and that they will see that you are real. I thank you, God, for all the people that have rallied around and the first responders and all the people that have responded. And it's at these times where we're, we're left with a lot of questions and we don't have all the answers. But what we do have is we do have you and we have your presence. And in that, we can actually move forward in the middle of things that sometimes are just overwhelming to us. And so as we speak and look at your word today, I pray that, that it will speak to us. And we will hear from you in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. And so what I'm talking about today is, is something that, that, it, that is real. And intimidation hits us in numerous ways. And in this series, we're looking at the book of Psalms. And Psalms are in the middle of the Bible. They're in the Old Testament. And for centuries, they've been worship songs that the people of God have sung to God. They're, they're poetic in nature. They're meant to be reflections of God. And it's really written from a perspective of how do you encounter life and then follow God in the midst of things that are difficult and hard. And there's a lot of things that in the Psalms you find questions and you find issues that people are dealing with. But, but more than anything, the Psalms are this kind of anchor that are supposed to tie us back to the reality that God is there. And so when we deal with the, the issue of intimidation, the scriptures actually are no uh, you know, stranger to how we deal with things that can overwhelm us. In fact, as you dig in the Bible again and again, you find people throughout history that have faced tremendous obstacles and fearful attempts at people taking their life, at countries and nations crumbling, but in the middle of that, trying, trying to find God. And so I want to start by just highlighting the intimidation that can hit us on two different fronts. And then from there, our response to that. And then I want to walk through, does the response that we natively have, does that actually protect us? And then what does God want us to do in the middle of that? And so the two fronts that intimidation hits us is, is on a global scale and on a personal scale. Uh, globally, you, you see this in the Psalms itself as well. And in Psalm 2, uh, there's a question as the nations in the time that these were written, they, they didn't factor God in. These were nations who were pagan nations who didn't factor the God of Israel. They made their own images of gods and idols and worshipped them. And it was this idea of they were self-sustaining, self-sufficient. They didn't need any God. They could make their own gods and worship them. And so the psalmist is writing this observation of nations that seem to just be doing life and be relying on their own power to accomplish their own purposes. It's just the epitome of, of self-seeking. And so Psalm 2 says this, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. And so the picture is there's two ways to live. You live independently from God and you just decide that you're going to do life your own way. Or you live life with God and you follow him and you do life his way. And those are two different paths going to two different destinations. And the psalmist is saying that there is so much arrogance that exists with those people that, that don't factor God in. They seem so confident. They seem like they have it all together. And he's just making this observation. And, you know, even today we can see this kind of perspective on a global scale. We don't have to look much past the headlines to see, like, even now... There's just power hungry. Just everyone's trying to flex their power. 
We see that in our own country. We see that in the nations throughout history. It's always happening. Nations trying to flex their muscles. We can do it. We are the best. We can do it. And it's built on, most of the time, our own effort, our own credibility. And the psalmist is commenting on the same thing. This was written thousands of years ago. And you see this in, in violence and power and people leveraging upon each other. And it just, it leaves you looking around just full of fear. And many people face this. Right now in our country, there's so many people that are just looking around. And they're, they're, they're filled with fear. They have more questions than they have answers. And they're just kind of left to themselves to, to figure it out. So on a global scale, we see it. Now, intimidation also hits us on a, on a personal scale as well. And the Psalms have accounts of personal people that faced fear. And David uh, is a character in the Old Testament. He's a major character. If you ever heard the story of David and Goliath, well, that same David was a skilled musician. He was very artistic, and he wrote so many Psalms and reflected on God and how to follow him in the middle of horrendous things that he faced. In one account, his own son was gunning for his power and was threatening to take his life. He was hunting him down, and David is on the run. And he writes this psalm in the middle of, of this fearful time. He says, O oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. So when you read that without understanding the context, it seems like, oh, well, David has a lot of enemies. But when you find out what's happening at this time, the fact that his own flesh and blood is hunting him down, it adds a level of seriousness and a weight to what he's saying. He's saying they're, they're pursuing my life to take it. And not only that, but they're saying there's no hope for me in God. It's useless to follow him. And I think for, for many of us, I hope that we've never been in a situation where we've felt threatened for, for our life. But you may yourself have felt intimidated by various things. Uh, for some of you, one of the things you're intimidated by personally a lot is just your safety. And the safety of those that you love at school, at the workplace. It may be something that, that you've thought about in, in light of recent events. It could also be something that maybe you're unfairly treated at work. And you feel like you're in a spot where you can't actually help your situation. And you're, you're just kind of feeling like people have leverage over you. And you, you can feel stuck. Maybe you have major relational conflict. If you've had somebody that you relate to, whether it's a family member or a friend, and there's major relational conflict. Many times you can feel intimidated because anything that you do, it feels like you're walking on eggshells. Maybe you have someone in your life that, that they just guilt you or manipulate you, and you feel intimidated by that. It may not be physical, but it may, just, it may be emotional. It may be really difficult for you to deal with. We, we all face this at, at different aspects of life, a toxic relationship. We may feel intimidated by just the standard of those around us. Like they just seem so much more successful than I do. And I'm trying my best, but I feel like I can't get ahead. And you're intimidated by, even by the status quo. So all these things can just fill us with, with fear. So we're, we get intimidated on a global scale, what's happening around us. And then more personally, what's, what's happening in our own world, in the relationships and the circumstances that we find ourselves the issue, though, is like anyone, when we feel intimidated and we feel powerless, we, we try to react. We, we, we try to figure out what, what to do. And we, we seek protection. And in our own life, when we feel overwhelmed and intimidated, we, 
we want to build our, our like own protective fortress around our life. And I, I believe all of us do this without realizing it. And you build a fortress because maybe in your own family you've seen your mom or your dad build the fortresses or your, your sibling or close friend or even the culture around you. It's this thing of when you're threatened, when you're overwhelmed and intimidated, here's what you need to do. And I came across a, an article recently by Popular Science, the 20 like best fortresses of all time. There's an image up there. Now, that's a pretty impressive fortress. You know, it's in the middle of water, it's raised, and there's a sense of, like, the enemy's not going to be able to get you if, if you're there. And in the article, they just had historically all the fortresses that mankind has built to protect itself from outside forces. It's fascinating to see. I mean, it's impressive, actually, when you see over time all that man has done to protect themselves. And it's native to us. We all get into this self-protection mode as a, a group of people. We rally and we want to protect our people, and, and that's, that's normal. But what you find is we have our own strategies to protect ourselves, our own fortresses. And the question is, what do we do to protect ourselves? And does it work? Those questions are very important. What do I do? And does it work? And so I was just thinking myself, some fortresses that I myself have chosen in my life when I've been faced with fear. When I feel like people are coming against me or when I feel overwhelmed and I'm intimidated by life and what it's throwing at me, here's some things that that I I have done. One of my go-to fortresses in my life historically has been to isolate myself. You ever done that? You feel overwhelmed, and you just get the sense in the middle of it all, you need to just withdraw. I just need, need to get away, and it's this idea, like, if I can get away and withdraw, then I can protect myself from everyone else. And usually isolation is a way of protecting ourselves. We, we push people away. Have you ever done that? I know I have. I've been burned by people, been intimidated. People have tried to power up over me, and so what I think, I'll, I'll just push you away and I'll withdraw. So we isolate. Another thing we do is worry. Any warriors, not warrior, but worrier. Any warriors out there? Okay. And, you, and you're like, oh my goodness, should I raise my hand? I'm, I'm, and you're like kind of worrying about that, like, right? Oh, it was a little too high. Oh, man, somebody saw it. But worry is something that, man, it just plagues you. Like, I wouldn't consider myself a worry, worry wart. That's really hard to say. But what I find is I'm faced with something, and I just run scenarios. What if that happens? Anytime you start a statement, what if that happens, you start to spiral. Because what if that happens, and then you get, you face that. And then what do you do next? Well, if that happens, then this is going to happen. And if that happens, this is going to happen. And then you walk in a room. He's like, hey, Alex. Because you're... you're just overwhelmed. And it's, it's a spiral. Worry just sends us in a spiral. Another thing that happens is we, we tend to doubt. We doubt the goodness of people around us. We doubt the goodness of God. It's just, again, it's a form of the isolation. In, the, in our doubt, we kind of we withdraw. We may be in the middle of people, but we, we, we withdraw like emotionally from, from God. We withdraw emotionally from others. It's just, I doubt people are, are actually in it to, to help me. And then the last, I think, that, that's pretty common is we, we tend to control. Now, that's like a really difficult question, but I think all of us 
try to control people. We do. Because the very thing about intimidation and fear is we have no control. And that freaks us out. And when we don't have any control, we feel helpless. When we feel helpless, we feel more fear. And you can see that these just compound exponentially. It's very interesting what happens when you start to isolate yourself, when you start to getting into controlling your own world, you actually can become an intimidator yourself. Because if you think of trying to control somebody else, isn't that intimidation? You need to do it my way. If you don't do it my way, I'm not going to be happy. And nobody likes it when Alex isn't happy. That happens. So it's very ironic. The very thing we do to protect ourselves from intimidation, we become an intimidator. And all of this in the name of fear. So people live life, we live life full of fear. So this morning, I actually want us to face it, to be honest about it, and answer the question, well, what what are we supposed to do? Well, what's most important is, Not just the fortresses you build, but you have to be honest with the question. Does your protective fortress work? Does it actually protect you against fear? So on the same ones I mentioned, if you isolate, if you isolate yourself, you're alone. Does being alone help you? I think throughout history, isolation is a common thread in in depression. Isolation is a common thread in people feeling helpless and worrying more. Why? Because you're by yourself, and all you have are the thoughts and fears that you face. So isolation doesn't work. Worry. Once you start the spiral, you, you keep spiraling, and you get more discouraged. So does worry work? No. Doubt. If you get into doubt and you think that God isn't good, and God can't help you, and God's not real, then you actually have no hope. If you have no hope, you have no courage. And then without courage, how do you face fear? And here's the thing about life without God. People are so confident in their life without God. But the fact of the matter is, does it work? Can you face life and all it throws at you by yourself? That's a question we all have to answer. And if you can, then you don't need God. And therefore, why pursue him? But if you can't, and you're honest with yourself, and you realize that you're a fortress that can't stand, you actually look more like a decaying castle. I have a picture of that. See, fortresses are impressive over time, but even castles like this decay. And, you, you know, you could get into this castle. You just climb over this, like, little hedge over here. You can get in. So our own strategies, they may have a strategy. They, we may have something we go to, but does it work over time to protect us? And in my own life, if I'm honest with myself, anytime I get into the worry, the isolation, the doubt, or the control, I don't have a fortress at all. I, I have something that looks like this, a, a shack. And what we need to do as we face God is we need to be honest. So I want to encourage you today, as you face your own fears, I want you to identify what what is the fortress that you go to? 
what's the one you like to do the most? Is it isolation? Is it doubt? Is it control? What is it? And is it a fortified fortress, really, if you're honest with yourself? Or is it more like a decaying castle or, even worse, like a, like a shack? For me, I've, I've always found I feel like I'm in this great fortress, but it's just a little bit of plywood nailed with rusty nails that don't withstand any storm. So I'm deceived. And I, I feel this tension in my own life because, again and again, I have to battle my own strategies, and my own independence with the life God wants for me. And all of us have to choose, when fear comes, which fortress will we build. So I want to turn the corner, and wherever you are, whatever fortress you you kind of build to protect yourself, the good news is you can actually tear down your own fortresses and protective measures, and you, you can turn... To God himself. The reason that's important is God is the only thing in the whole entire universe. God's not intimidated by anything. He's the only one that is outside of time and space and circumstances. And and he's not intimidated. And God in his love and his power, he has entered time. And he, he is with us here and now. But nothing that happens on this earth overwhelms God, surprises God. There's nothing that God faces that he doesn't know what to do. And he knows exactly at any moment how to react in a right way and a just way and a loving way all in the same combination. We can't even do that with people that we love, let alone people that we we have a hard time with. But but that's God. The psalmist just talk about this. God not being intimidated. Psalm 2.4 says, the one enthroned in heaven laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. This is the response to the first psalm I read. That is the nation's rage. They plot against God. So the picture here is the nations are nations and people are people because God created them. Like he gave people the the power to, to live. He gave them life. And in their life and in their breath, they have the sense of there's no God. And God's looking like, really? You're here. Because I chose you and you and you and every single person the exact day and the exact time and the exact parents that you would be born to. And I know everything about you. And there's just a sense of which it's, it's laughable to God. So the nations, in their power and in their expertise and in their resources, we don't need God. We can overpower God. And, and God, he, he laughs. He scoffs. It's, it's, it's kind of like not just a funny laugh, but it would be like a two-year-old toddler coming to you and just saying, I'm going to take you out. And you just look down. Really? <laughs> that's what God does with the nations. The nations freak us out, but God, he's not intimidated. He's not overwhelmed. The reason that's important is the definition of a fortress is something that that protects you. But the second definition, it's a person or thing not susceptible to outside influence. That's found in the dictionary. A person or thing not susceptible to outside influence. The only person that is is God. Everyone is susceptible to outside influence and fear 
except God himself. So we have to decide. Is my fortress susceptible to outside influence? And if you've built it yourself, the answer is, yes, I'm susceptible. Because I've built it. And I get fearful. But God, if the fortress is him, he's outside. And he is a real fortress. And so when all these things are raging in us and we feel just overwhelmed and drying up, we have a response. So what should I do when I feel threatened? That's the question. And the answer in the Psalms and throughout Scripture is turn to God as my only refuge. That's the fortress. God himself. And we have a decision. We have a choice. And he always gives us a choice. And it's freedom. Because God actually gives us freedom. And in that freedom, we can choose whether we want him as our fortress or something we build ourselves. That's part of his love. Because if you force somebody to love you, that's actually intimidation. It doesn't work. That's not real love. So God in his love gives us the freedom to choose the fortress we want to protect ourselves in life. But as you read the scriptures and as you get around people that follow God, there should be this sense, this overwhelming just urge like, okay, I need to choose my own way or, or life with God. And really the only hope you should see is, is life with God. Psalm 46, 1 through 3, this, this is encouraging, and I, I hope this is a hope to you. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. You see that, that word there at the end, it's this, this idea of you pause, you reflect. Something has been said that should stop you. So I want to pause. I want to, I want to talk about this. This idea is the refuge and strength. Uh, strength here is he, he gives us the help right when we need it. And a very present help is this idea of it. God knows exactly what we need in what we face. And there's not like this delay where you have to apply to help. Like I have to fill out this form. I have to submit it. You ever done that? You ever wanted something and you have to go through the process, like fill out the form, email the form, check that the person got the form. They sent the form to that person and maybe you'll get the help that you need. And like six weeks later, you forgot what you even needed, right? But with God, it's the idea of you call out to God for help and he's there and he knows what you need. And not only does he know what you need, but the strength is he can give you what you need. Strength, very present help in trouble. I wanted to share a quote from a pastor in Las Vegas. And it was very interesting because uh, he is in the middle of uh, Las Vegas. He started a church a number of years ago. And he moved from the south to start this church in Vegas. He just saw that there was tremendous opportunity for people in Las Vegas to experience the hope of God. And he's led a lot of people to the Lord. Their church has been thriving in the city. And he and their church was faced with this, this tragedy. And he made a, a quote, and he was like interviewed by lots of news agencies and different media outlets of, as a church, what are you guys trying to do 
to, to help the people and they kind of open their church up to, to pray and, and giving blood. And they're really just mobilizing to help. But, but he, he made this quote, and I wanted to share this with you because it, it echoes what we're talking about. He says, in moments like this, the natural tendency is to run from God. But we think this is the opportunity to run to him. Scripture says God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Psalm 46.1. We think this is an opportunity for people to run to the Lord and to find shelter and peace and comfort and strength in him. The pastor, his name is Vance Pittman. But I thought it was very interesting because he's had an experience with God himself. And the very quote he gave is, we have an option. And his first sentence there is the option is you want to run from God. And you think that will protect you. And he's saying we, we want to encourage people to run to him and find the protection that they long for. And he used Psalm 46. And so this, this picture of a, of a fortress is like this, this shield and shelter that protects you from all the things that come against you. And it's not made by man's hands. It's, it's, it's found in God himself and his presence. Very present help right when you need it. Is that a fortress worth pursuing? And the psalmist goes on in verse 4 and 5. It says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. So the picture is, is one of when trouble comes, when we're overwhelmed by fear and intimidation, life dries up. And that's what gives us into the doubt, into isolation, into the fear. Life dries up. What the psalmist is saying is, is God is our refuge and he is our strength. And then these next verses, we're talking about this river and it's, it's like the resources and the life that comes from God. It's not just a belief in him, it's actually turning to him and the power that he has as you decide to follow God, that power comes into your life. And so part of the fortress and the shield that God gives us are himself and in the resources that he gives. So himself is the fortress, but in his fortress, there are certain things that he gives us. And one of the keys of the refuge and the resources we have is, is God's word. I don't know how many times in my life that I face things that are overwhelming to me. Even when I'm facing fear and I go to the scriptures and God speaks. God speaks. And I can't even define the feeling I have or the, that pit in the gut of my stomach. But I read scripture and it says that God says, this is for you. This is for you. And so if you want to kind of understand a little bit of the fortress that God gives in himself, start to read the scriptures. And you could read the Psalms. One of the next steps today is to read Psalm 46. You know, read that and just ask yourself, what, what is God trying to tell me through this? But that's a major resource. That's part of this, this river that flows from God into our life. Another one is, is, is prayer. A major aspect of a fortress is that we can call out to God when we need help, and he will respond to us. So when we pray to God, we have God that listens and hears everything. It doesn't fall upon deaf ears. 
He can hear all the people of the world at the same time and keep track of every cry for help. So we may build our own fortresses, but as it's crumbling and as it's not withstanding the weight of the pressure, there's a sense in we're stuck. What do we do? So as we realize that in our life, God wants us to see the things crumbling and cry out to him. No other fortress works. My castle is decaying. God, will, will you help me? So as you read the scripture and as you pray, God's power begins to enter your life. And this happens after you commit your life to follow him through Jesus. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But the third resource you get is this, the people of God, which the, the psalm references here. This is really the, the, the church community. And the idea is when you have people that have turned to God as their only refuge and their only strength, they decided to follow God and follow Jesus with everything in their life. There's a group of people now that are they're rallying under this shield. And the picture of this river is like a group of people under the shield that represents this fortress. And they're looking around the world. And all these people that just the weight of life is upon them. And the arrows are flying through the air. And everyone's looking for cover. And they're just trying to figure out their own strategies. But the people of God should come and say, here is the fortress under the presence of living God. Come and join us. It's as if the people in their desolation and in their just overwhelming worry that they face should see this mighty fortress of the people of God and be drawn to it. That's what the psalmist is saying. It's this river that gives life when, when none exists. And then in 6 and 7, the psalmist goes further. It says, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You see the same language again. And the idea of the Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of the hosts, the heavenly beings, is with us. So God may seem so far away in times of trouble. He may seem so distant in times of fear. But the God of heavens came down. And he came down in the person of Jesus Christ. And he dwelled in history. And Jesus came in a time when there was so many turbulent times, so much intimidation and power just leveraging in the nations. And Jesus came to say the protection isn't found in your power or in any nation. The protection is found in me and living life my way. And if you live life my way and you follow me, Though people will come against you, you don't have to be afraid. The Lord of hosts is here. And that's the person of Jesus Christ. So when you choose to follow him, you now have a protection that you can't have by yourself. Then verse 11 talks about that some more. It says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It's repeated. The idea of we need help beyond ourselves We need help beyond ourselves. The good news is the Lord of hosts, the God who dwells there, has come here. And we can have hope. If you try to protect yourself with things here, you're going to just be tapped out of your power. It's going to run out. The outcomes will not protect you. 
But if you tap into the power of the Lord Jesus and the resources that he brings, you will not be crushed. There are people in the world right now, there are people in this room, there are people in our workplaces, people in our neighborhoods, people in our families, that they are looking at the fortresses they build, and they're overwhelmed with fear. And the people of God should be reminded of the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus. And in that hope, it's not that we are okay, but it's that we need to extend the way people can find protection through a relationship with God. And we need to share that so people know. In that, people find protection. The psalmist ends with some powerful words that I just want us to take time. Uh, Psalm 46, 8 through 10. It says this, Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the, the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. The idea is that anything that we build with our own hands, he, against him, God, God will break it down. It's the idea of we're going to keep getting frustrated. We want to do life our own way, we get frustrated. We want to build our own fortresses, we're going to get frustrated. And as we get frustrated over time, we get hopeless. But then it ends with, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So in the end, God is left standing. In the end, the people who followed him are left standing. And we will be worshiping the exalted God. No other power will stand. No other nation will last. But God and the people who follow him. And so I, I just want to close out with just a time of reflection as the band uh, comes up. And there's some next steps that you can take uh, this week. And, and I want to encourage you just with what we're facing in our lives and around us. What could we do in times like this that could actually change the trajectory of our lives? So there's some next steps on your connection card. Go ahead and pull that connection card out. And if you haven't started filling that out, you can do so now. And then if you flip it over, uh, there's some next steps that, that you can take. And I encourage you to, to take a next step. It's easy to hear things. It's hard to do things. But in the things that you hear, maybe God wants you to actually take a step. And so the first next step that you could take today is just to identify my typical response to fear and the outcome it brings. This is helpful. This is kind of just a way of inventory. What is it that I do and does it work? And if it doesn't work, why am I doing it? Just answer that. Just kind of identify for yourself. The second is meditate on Psalm 46 this week. Meditate is this idea of read Psalm 46 and if you don't have a Bible, we will, we will get one to you. You can let me know after the service. But Psalm 46, I've kind of covered this morning. But when you read the scriptures, you, just, you want to read it not like an assignment in school. You know, where you, just, you read the, an assignment in school and you read a chapter book and you read that chapter and you're like, man, my eyes were turning, the pages were turning, but I have no idea what I just read. You guys done that? It's amazing how you can do that. Well, the scriptures, you can do that, but you don't gain anything. Like, God doesn't give you an A for effort, right? It's actually supposed to give you help. 
And so you're supposed to read it in a way that sometimes you just need to read a sentence. And you just need to, like, reflect on that. Ask, what, what does this mean? What does this mean to me? And so take the time to do that. And then the last one is work on developing my prayer reflex. So prayer is one of those, those reflexes and the resources that, that God gives us. And you may not have, have prayed before in your life. But one thing that you can pray if you're overwhelmed right now is this. God, I don't know if you're even real. And I've, I'm overwhelmed. Actually, I'm, I'm fearful. God, if you're real, will you show me that you're real? If God meets us and he is a strength and a you know, present help in, in trouble, like he, he will respond. He might just be waiting for you to, to cry out to him. And if you do you know, pray a lot, maybe it's just in the things that you're facing, your, your reflex being asking God for help. Not running the scenarios, not getting into the self-protection, but just asking God for help. So I, I encourage you, t- take a next step uh, today and mark that on the connection card. And I'd love to pray for you uh, as you do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and pray. I invite you to come and celebrate with those uh, being baptized as we celebrate with those who decided to, to be with the Lord of hosts and to follow life uh, his way. Let, let's pray together. Father, thank you for the help that you bring in the middle of our circumstances, the things that we're overwhelmed by and intimidated by, and we thank you that you are relevant now as you've been throughout history, and you're, you will be relevant in the future, and so there's no outdatedness in your approach, in the help that you bring, and, and we can actually have your resources So, God, I pray for those that have never known a protection outside of themselves. God, will you just put something inside of them which overwhelms them with the need to to consider you as the fortress for their life. And, God, show us our own strategies and our own ways where we try to protect ourselves. God, help us to identify that. And just ask the question, does it work? And God, as we do that, we're not left to ourselves, but we we actually have the help that you bring in your son, Jesus Christ. So if there's anyone that's not followed him, not decided to follow Jesus, I pray that, that you will continue to draw them to yourself. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.